Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. And as we gather to hear from your word and be connected to the story that we're a part of, may we respond to that word in faith and in worship. May we be brought closer to you. May we be made more into the image of your son, more into the type of people that you've called us to be. While we listen to the words at the end of the sermon your son preached, may his words impact us and give us a vision for how to live our lives. We ask this all in his name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Each week I've started to begin the service, and this morning I botched it, <clears throat> so you should have noticed, uh, by saying, welcome to Salem Magdalene Church, and then I say, where we make followers of Jesus who live the way of Jesus. Now this has become an unofficial mission statement of sorts for how I think about what we're to do here. And I say unofficial because there's been no way in which it's been made official, and it's just a, a catchy way that I've started to think about our goal as followers of Jesus as, and as a community who is living out the kingdom of God. And this mission statement talks about two things. It talks about making followers of Jesus. And this is a nod to the Great Commission. So the end of Matthew chapter 28. It's about making disciples. And then uh, the second part who live the way of Jesus. Now this is a nod to the Jesus Creed, what we said at the beginning of the service, love God, love others. And it's a nod towards the entire Sermon on the Mount that we've been studying for several weeks in uh, part of January and February and then concluding here towards the beginning of the summer. Now the heart of this entire mission the mission of being Christians and being a church is about living the way of Jesus. Because until you know how to follow Jesus, you can't effectively invite people to walk with you. So even though Jesus tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, he has to assume that they know how to follow him first. So living the way of Jesus is the foundational call of being a Christian. And the more that we read the Gospels, uh, the more that you read them, I hope you could pick up that what Jesus says time and time again is he says, follow me. Now he might not say it that plainly, he might say something like, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. But what he's inviting people to do is to turn and follow him into the kingdom. Because he says the kingdom has arrived, you've been waiting and now it's here, follow me into the kingdom. And that's the invitation that all of us get. And this following the Jesus is what has become known for me as the way of Jesus. And now that we're at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, this is the very final passage in this series about the Sermon on the Mount. I hope if you understand nothing else, it's that following Jesus is the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. 
And the way of Jesus is the heart. So any question you might have about, well, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We go to the Sermon on the Mount and there's an example and there's a way to grab a hold of life following Jesus in the kingdom. And this final sermon, this final passage, Jesus now will give us one final shift as a way to think about the way of Jesus. And what he says is, the way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. Now wisdom is something that isn't familiar to us as much as it is familiar to Jesus' contemporary Jews. But wisdom is about living after the heart of God. When we're wise, we know the heart of God and we make choices that are in accordance with his heart. So you don't have to have an example for every situation. If you're wise, you intuitively are able to discern the action that is most after God's heart. So the Sermon on the Mount is an invitation to follow Jesus. It's a call to live the way of Jesus. And it's a call to live the way of wisdom. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 29. And this will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 29. So again, this final section, these are Jesus' parting words to his disciples. He wants, and it's not just his disciples, it's everyone that hears this sermon. And he wants people to understand that how they live matters. How we live matters. And he also, in this section, wants to say, look, if you, wanna, if you need me to prove to you why how you live matters, let me show you. So let's take a look here, verse, verse 24. Because this is how Jesus opens his final section. He says, therefore... Everyone who hears, and you can leave it here, Gavin, just on this slide once we get to the end. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, so hears is important, see that? And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Alright, so hears these words of mine. Now this is the first question you need to ask, well, what do these words refer to? Is it just what he said in the section right before? And based on the context of this passage, uh, these words refers to everything in chapters 5 and 6 and 7. Because the Sermon on the Mount begins in chapter 5, when Matthew says that Jesus goes up onto a hill and he begins to preach. And then it's continuous dialogue until right here, whenever that dialogue concludes. So even though we might, and we have taken months to read that entire passage in, in our gathering... And even though on your own you might take several days to read those chapters, they are one section in the Gospel of Matthew. So Jesus says you hear these words and then put them into practice. So that's what's important, is that you hear the words, but then you do them. And if you do this, you are like a wise man. Now wisdom, like I said in an introduction, is not something that we're particularly familiar with. But wisdom is about the law of God. But it's specifically about knowing how to live God's law. Now, in the Old Testament, there are five books that are called the wisdom books. 
Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Songs of Song. Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. So these five books explore what it looks like to live as part of God's kingdom and how to live the law. That's what the books explore. So if you think about in the Old Testament, the first five books, there's narrative, but there's also the laws. And then there's the historical books about Israel. And the historical books are more descriptive. They tell you how Israel lived throughout their years as a nation. But then you get to the books of wisdom, and they're a lot more about everyday life. You have tons of psalms that are about different situations that people might live in. You have the Proverbs, which are lots of little catchy sayings that about how to live. You have Ecclesiastes, which we have studied a couple years ago. And that is sort of a challenge to anything you might think you've figured out in life. And then songs, Song of Songs is an interesting book about love and the question of, is it about love between people or love between God and his people? Uh, that's something that we could tackle at some other time. But it's again about life. And then also the book of Job, which is kind of like Ecclesiastes and it takes everything you think you've learned and it kind of flips it on his head. But these books are about discerning life and how to live. And wisdom for the ancient people of Israel was about discerning how to live as a true human in relationship with God. So remember, in the garden, the relationship between humans and God was broken because humans said, I think I know how to live. I don't need to follow your way of living, God. But wisdom is about returning back to the way that God has asked us to live. So when Jesus says that those who hear my words and follow them or put them into practice is like a wise man, he's saying that people who follow me are living a wise life. The way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. Now he doesn't finish with that because what he adds this little, uh, this little note at the end. He says that it's about those who have built his house, a wise man who's built his house upon the rock. So let's go to the next verse and take a look at what that's about. So this is what Jesus says next. He says, the rain came down, and you might recognize this from the kids' song. The streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall down, because it had its foundation on the rock. So the wise man not only uh, is discerning in his ability to live, but he also is discerning in where he builds his house. The idea is simply that you're going to build your house on a strong foundation. So the, uh, the river here, or the streams that rose up, are actually, if you've ever been to a, a place like a mountain, where, or where there's hills, and even rivers are this way, but it's a place where lots of mount, or water will come at once. Um, when it rains really hard, those passageways, which might not usually have water, is where the water will go naturally. So that's actually what's talking about here. Now we have the streams rose up. But really in a strong rain in Israel, it's a mountainous place. There'd be certain natural places where rivers or water would, would flow down the mountain. And there'd only be water there whenever there's rain. 
But the wise person knows not to build their house at a place like that, where when it rains hard, you're going to get washed out. It's about a foundation. So a life built along the way of Jesus is a life built upon wisdom, which is a life with a strong foundation. So wisdom is the ability to discern how to live as a true human. That's the idea. So when Jesus says that the way of Jesus is a way of wisdom, he's connecting to all of those Old Testament ideas about the wisdom literature, about learning the heart of God and living as a true human. And when your life is built upon wisdom, it doesn't matter how strong those storms might come, the foundation will remain strong. Because the way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. And wisdom is about more than just advice. It's about living well. So it doesn't stop with this positive note. Going with verse 26. He says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And we'll leave it there, Gavin. So now we see the opposite. So there's wise men, a wise man who builds his house in a wise place, and there's a foolish man who builds his house on sand. Now there's uh, lots of places in the ancient Near East, specifically in Palestine, the area of Israel, where there's sand. And if you build a house on sand, naturally it will not always remain strong in its foundation. The idea is very simple. But what's most important to see is that those who hear but do not put them into practice. So again, it's not about hearing what Jesus says. It's not about being here every week and hearing what I have to say, whether it's worth listening to or not. That's not what it's about. It's about what Jesus has asked us to do. It's about hearing that and actually doing it. That's the way of Jesus and that's the way of wisdom. A life built upon anything but the way of Jesus will eventually come crashing down. Now it might not be a major crash, but you might get to the end of your life and you might think, did I really do anything worth remembering? Did I build something that will remain? The way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. Anything other than the way of Jesus is foolish. Now there is a warning here about ultimate judgment at the end of life. That is here. There's this sense where there's a warning about being a part of the way of Jesus because that will give you a foundation that lasts into eternity while a foolish life will not. There is a piece of that, but more than that, it's about how to live a way that matters. And how to live a way that you really flourish and succeed and live as a true human. And that's on the way of Jesus, which is the way of wisdom. Now these warnings are straightforward for Jesus. Because following him is about following the path of wisdom, which provides a strong foundation for life. And this is how he chose in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, look, if you take the words that I've given you today and you apply them to your life... You're going to have a life built on wisdom with a strong foundation and you'll be a wise person. The Sermon on the Mount is about following Jesus. 
And this is important. It's not one option of many in life. It's this way or the way. Now let's take a look at verse 27 when you live the opposite. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. Every other way of living but the way of Jesus, this is the outcome. The place where we're heading. This is how the Sermon on the Mount concludes. And when Jesus' contemporaries hear this, take a look at how they respond. You can go back, Gavin, right here, 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Now they're amazed because he teaches as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. We can leave it here for a minute, Gavin. So Jesus teaches with authority. Now the actual word there is more this idea of power. Or authority or ability to actually bring something about. So while Jesus is able to preach with power and authority, the teachers of the law are not. Now the teachers of the law are just the people who taught the law in the synagogues throughout the land and also different leaders who taught law in the temple in Jerusalem. They studied the law and they had advice about it. They would have known the different traditions about how to live it. And they would have probably said, oh, well, you know, this is what I think about that, or this is what this rabbi says about that. But Jesus gets up and he doesn't quote rabbis. He just simply says, this is what you do. And the reason he can do that is because unlike the teachers of the law, Jesus really knew what people needed to do to live. He wasn't offering people opinions. He wasn't saying, I think this might work. He was saying, you want to know what it looks like to follow God? Follow me, and this is how I'm asking you to live. There's no ambiguity about, well, maybe you can do it, maybe you can't. Maybe this is one option of many. Jesus taught with authority because he knew the way to live. He knew the source of true life. And he knew what makes humans tick. Um, Race car drivers know how to get the best out of their car. Specifically the ones that, that win, right? They know how to shift and have the perfect line to keep the maximum speed to win. Coaches that are successful know how to get the best out of their players because they know what brings that success out. Good teachers know what makes and helps students succeed. Jesus knows what makes humans tick. He knows why we do what we do. And he says, if you want to get the most out of life or you want to actually flourish, he says, follow me. And this is what we call the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. 
So as we've gone through this Sermon on the Mount, I hope you see that the way that we live in following Jesus is important. And that following the way of Jesus is following the way of wisdom. And wisdom is about living as a true human. So if I can give us one challenge as we leave this sermon series about the Sermon on the Mount. May we be people of the way of Jesus. There's a reason why I say that if nothing else, our church can be known in the community for making followers of Jesus who live the way of Jesus. Because people who live the way of Jesus transform the world. They transform the world. Because they stand up to people with power and they say, my king already has victory. And what we're uh, planning to talk about next week, starting next week, is the book of Revelation. And as we look at that book, I think, hopefully, we'll see that the book of Revelation isn't about trying to figure out the end of the world. And that's why we're talking about it, because in today's world, there's lots and lots of debate about, is this the end times? And Revelation isn't about that. Revelation is about a group of Christian churches in Asia Minor in the first century who were facing the Roman Empire. And they were facing the challenge, are they going to live the way of Jesus or are they going to live the way of Rome? And the way of Rome had all these promises of wealth and success and civil acceptance. And the way of Jesus was a choice to be put in a certain category in which no one wanted to be around you. A lot of people didn't want to do business with you. Your family didn't want to be around you anymore. You had to do a lot of weird things. And those first churches were faced with a challenge. Am I going to live the way of Jesus or am I going to live the way of Rome? And what the book of Revelation does is it shows those first century churches what's actually going on behind the scenes. And it says, you know, you think that the way of Rome is enticing, but look, really the way of Rome is the way of the adversary or the Satan, the one who opposes God. And the way of Rome is calling you down this path of adultery from the way of God. And you see where this ends in the end. And what that book is really calling those first century Christians to do is to remain faithful in the way of Jesus in the face of extreme challenges and persecution as they try to live the way of Jesus in a culture in which no one wants them there and no one understands why they're doing it. The way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. If there's nothing else as we move to this next series what I hope that we see is that living the way of Jesus in 21st century America isn't quite as easy as we think. And it might require us to do things that most Christians in the culture, what's called cultural, or really, it's really called American civil or folk religion, that looks a lot like Christianity until you start to look at it more closely. And the call is the way of Jesus, which is the way of wisdom. And the Sermon on the Mount is a foundational way for us to look at that.
So if there's nothing else that you read in your Bibles, may the Sermon on the Mount be something that we read. Every couple months, maybe you just read it continuously for a while. Read a section every day as part of your devotions. Just open up the chapter 5 in Matthew and do that first section wherever your Bible stops it. And then next day you can do the next section. Nothing more foundational than the way that we live than the Sermon on the Mount, which is about the way of Jesus, which is the way of wisdom. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. And we ask that you be with us as we continue to live the way of Jesus. Empower us in the places that we're not able to do it on our own. May your spirit that lives in us continue to reshape us and mold us more into the image of your son. And Lord, as we discern the challenges of our current time, may the way of wisdom help us make wise decisions about a human, a full human life. Even when we don't have clear instructions from your son. May we learn to take the ideas that he's given us and see how they apply in different places in our life. May we continue to grow in wisdom along the way of Jesus so that we can discern how to live in your kingdom as we navigate the world. And Heavenly Father, we ask this all in your Son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.